what I would like my kid to do <laughs> is to take care of people, take care of the people he loves, take care of the people that he cares about and the causes that they care about, to be tuned in like that. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Kinzu. Kinzu is built around the belief that the majority of parents are just trying to find the right balance for technology in their families. The people at Kinzu are working hard to earn the right to be that trusted tech partner by providing apps that give kids and tweens only the best that technology has to offer without exposure to the worst of it. Kinzu thinks that the positive potential of technology is unlocked when it connects, promotes creativity, and enables the cultivation of new skills and interests. They build apps around these three pillars that kids love and parents trust. The three Kinzu apps are the Kinzu Messenger, which is an all-ages messaging platform that safely and privately connects families and friends. There is the Kinzu Together, which is an interactive video calling platform where users play games and read books on video calls. There is Kinzu Studio, which is a story builder where users learn storytelling and basic animation skills by creating characters and stories that they can export as video files. That's pretty sweet. Kinzu doesn't stop there. They actively provide thought leadership on the subject of kids and technology with their active blog, their founder's bi-weekly newsletter, The Digital Dad, and their founder's book, Screen Captured. Kinzu is flipping the script on screen time. To learn more about Kinzu, go to kinzu.com, that's K-I-N-Z-O-O.com, or just check out your device's app store and download it there. What's going on, everybody? Already here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. If, if you know the show, you know that I love voice actors, and this guy uh, is definitely in the voice acting world. Of course, he does a lot of other great things. It's none other than Gary Anthony Williams. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, Gary. How oh, you man. You know, I don't know if I should take a 10-minute pause for your audience to clap. <laughs> I don't know what they need, but it, I know it's going to be a lot. I know it's going to be a <laughs> lot of time, and I don't want I don't want to step on their applause. So let me just, at least let me count down from five and let them get more time in to clap. Five. Four, three, two, one, and okay. Okay, hi guys. Hi, it's Gary Anthony Williams here. <laughs> Love it, man. Thanks again for taking the time. Like I said, we're gonna, we're gonna get into a lot of great things that you've done in your career and uh, a bunch of other things too. But first, like bringing good guys like yourself to talk about their fatherhood journey. When you found out you were gonna be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Oh, dude, that was probably the happiest day of my life. I, I'm from a huge family. I have six sisters, two brothers. And uh, and me and my now ex, we waited to have kids. Um, so when I found out, like that was just everything, because my mother would call us all the time. We go, hey, when are you guys gonna have a? Had a little dog named Gypsy. She's like, when are you gonna have something for Gypsy to play with? When? You, what, what? What are we waiting on here? And so I always wanted to have kids, dude. Always. If I could have five more kids this day, I would do it. I love, I love kids. I love watching them. I love listening to them. They're just truthful and clever and conniving and great, <laughs> great givers of joy and great suckers of time. And I love everything about it. And that's the truth. No doubt. You hit that with, yeah, you hit the nail on the head on that one. Like, I love the conniving part because one of my first articles about fatherhood that I've written was kids are like velociraptors. They find the weaknesses, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they know exactly where to go. It's like I've been reading about these sharks lately. That is it sharks? No, it's killer whales that are going in and just 
surgically removing livers from sharks. And I think that's like how kids can be. They know exactly the point, exactly how to hit you in the great spot and exactly how to hit you in the other spot too. Precision. I just have a picture picture of sharks waking up in a Vegas bathroom with Yeah. Last thing I remember, I was at the bar <laughs> and this killer whale moseyed up to me. Man, look, normally I would say everyone trusts killer whales, but I don't know right now with what they're doing to these. But then again, I don't know what these sharks have been doing to these killer whales out there. True. These, you know, like they could, the, the, these sharks could have lost a bet. Like, hey, man, <laughs> I bet you my liver. <laughs> You can't swim upstream. Like, all right, we'll see. I don't know what, you know, I don't want to get in. I don't want to get on any, I was about to say fish on fish crime, but killer whales are mammals. So I don't want to get on any mammal on fish crimes in here. That's not why I'm here today, Art. (laughs) And that's why I didn't bring you on there either. Um, Talk a little bit about the values uh, you're looking to instill. Well, here's, here's the thing. I grew up in like I said, a huge household. And the most important stuff to me was making sure that everybody knew they were taken care of. Like there was so many of us, like my mom and dad had all those kids. So they definitely trusted each one of us to also help take care of each one of us. So to me, that that fans out to everything. That fans out to neighbors. It fans out to society. So I want... What I would like my kid to do <laughs> is to take care of people, take care of the people he loves, take care of the people that he cares about and the causes that they care about to be tuned in like that. For me, that's just one of the best things, you know, friends, friends and family equal the same kind of thing to me. So that that more than anything is what I try to instill in my son. He's 20 now. He just he's yeah, he's 20. He just finished his second year of college. Nice. Um, but also, I remember riding home one day, Art, and we were we were riding. Uh, people were coming home from work, and he and I were going somewhere else, and we're looking at the traffic on the other side and all the sad faces of the people who were coming home, sad and tired. And I remember saying to him, "Son, whatever you choose to do in life, don't be that guy in that car over there, coming home from that day of work, thinking this is horrible." I am just tired and sad and unhappy looking. So I, I, as I told him earlier, I was like, seek your joy. And I remember him telling me, well, I, that's not what I look for in life because that's what I look for in life. So I was like, well, son, go seek your joy. And I go, I said, what do you look for in life? And he said, I look for truth. And still to this day, that's who he is. He's like, I look for truth. And he was maybe like six or seven at this time. Like, like that. He's always been like a little philosopher kind of kid. Yeah. And I said, okay, then your truth is your joy. He goes, no, you just want it to be that. I just look for truth. I was like, okay. <laughs> truth, we're done. You got it. You go do your thing. You go look for your truth. Nice. Sounds like an old soul, right? Like just, yeah. he, it's like at the age, like, you know, it's signs of good parenting. Like he gets it. Like he's yeah. like, okay, you dad, you search for joy. That's great. I'm going to search for truth. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. He was born he was born an old dude, man. I mean, I don't know how how what yours came out like, but it seems like whatever they come out as, that's who they are. I think that's all of us. You know, you can shape us a little bit around the edges, polish some edges, but 
I think our core stays our core. And he's been that he's been that guy since he came out of the hopper. <laughs> no doubt. Nice. Well, you know, it seems like this, you're going to ace this question. I'm not going to put too much pressure on you, even though I kind of did. Um, what is something that your son has taught you about life or yourself that maybe you didn't know was there, but oh wow, he brought it in on you? Everything. Uh, the biggest lesson was patience. That was number one. I was never, you know, growing up like I did with everybody around. I was never greedy. I never had the feeling of this is mine and this is yours. Even now, if I bring something home into my house, apples, say, I'm never bringing just apple. Oh, these are my apples. Like that didn't, that didn't work. Like I, my house basically may as well have been communist Russia at the time. Like, no, you don't, you don't have any apples. The family has apples. You don't have money. The family has money. So that was never a lesson I needed to learn about greed and selfishness. But patience was definitely a lesson that I needed to learn. And then he would literally just give me simple lessons. And I remember sitting at the dinner table once and him going, oh, there were, there were two, two instances. Uh, but at one point I was saying, hey, Ethan, don't do the blank or don't, Ethan, don't go in. He goes, dad, would you mind just telling me the things that I can do and not telling me what I can't? And then I, from that day on, I was like, that is a good way to be. <laughs> that is, I will, I won't be shutting you down, even though some of the things he's doing are like dangerous, like get your hand out of that, whatever that is, <laughs> that rotating barrel of butcher knives. But, um, <laughs> but like letting, hitting that positive side of, okay, here's some pos positive possibilities. And that was straight up from him. And another was one day, and I wish all adults could live this way, Again, at the dinner table, me, him, and my ex. And I always tried to eat dinner at the dinner table with him. Like, I, we never, the only time we ever got to eat in front of a TV was if we were watching a football game. Like, that was the only year. Like, hey, he's like, hey, dad, it's football. Can we go watch the game? Yeah, yeah, of course we can watch football in front of the television. Every, every other time, we got to stand there and, you know, look at each other as we eat. Um, but one day, and there was nothing weird going on in the house at all. And he goes, you know, I thought of all the punishments you and mom could do to me. They're really not that bad. And so I thought, as an adult, if you can think of the worst thing your boss, your coworker is going to say or do to you, if you can math that out in your mind and go, what's the worst that's going to happen? Rarely is it going to be as horrible as you think it's going to be. And if you can learn to live with, okay, worst case scenario, blank, but I'm going to keep moving on. It's not going to be that bad if I ever get to that worst case scenario. And I remember that conversation with him that day of like, yeah, okay, <laughs> you've kind of figured out life. But like, honestly, if you can think of the worst thing somebody's going to do to you and you can handle it, you've kind of figured life out. Gary, those two stories are amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. The first one speaks to me too, because I'm kind of OCD control freak. I clean the house, you know, work around my business. And it's like, uh, like right now, as we speak, my youngest has a friend over and they were like baking brownies. And I'm like, uh, I just cleaned the, I just cleaned it. Up. <laughs> right. But I'm like, I'm like, did mom say I could do this? Cause she works from home as well. And she's like, yeah, yeah we could. I'm like, okay. And I just go back upstairs and I'm like, I think yeah. I kind of, I, I, I think I evolved right there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then two, 
I love the fact that your son gave you like a performance review at dinner time. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But he's helped me with, I never, I, I made a deal with myself art when he, before he was born, I said out loud, I am never going to tell this kid because I said so. If he asks me a question about anything, I'm going to give him as honest an answer as I can. And I've, I've lived up to that. That's awesome. It was irritating for a while. It was horrible when he was in preschool, when everything was, why, why? Well, why would I do that? Why am I doing that? Why, 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 why? And then I, but now that's the way his brain is wired. He likes to figure stuff out and find the answers. Like he said back then when he told me truth, you know, he likes to find the answers to stuff. So most of it, and you know this, most of it is kind of stroking your kids, you know, whatever it is they like, their fancy, and then like building on that. Because mm -hmm. yeah. Lord knows I put a baseball, he's, he's left-handed, but he also does a lot of stuff right-handed. I put, I put every sporting thing in his hand, like, hey, try this, throw this with your left hand, now throw this with your right, or like sports, never his thing, like, nope, he tried them all, tried them all. Not his thing, you know. Gotcha. All he right. found his thing. The football fan of me has to ask this too, because my family, like growing up, I was the youngest of three, grew up in Buffalo. We would just sit around the table, like dinner table, and like that was the only time. Like we'd sit at the dinner table, yeah. but during football, we'd be it didn't even have to be like I'm not a I'm a Niners fan, but like my mom and uh my sisters were Bills fans. We would be watching the game. Who's your team and like like who's your I, team? I have several. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, so the Falcons are always number one. Yep. I live in LA now, so definitely a Rams fan. I had Rams season tickets before the great plague hit us. Uh, and then for then I'll have certain players on teams like definitely Kansas City. Uh, I love, I just love watching him play. Yeah. Like, I love watching the quarterback. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, he's just ridiculous. Uh, when he's on, he's just like magic. You know what I mean? And then then I will have to, then my next one is I root for, because of my buddy Jeannie, I root for the Packers because she's from there. But Falcons, number one, then Rams. Uh, but if Mahomes is playing anybody except the Falcons, I'm pretty much rooting for Mahomes. Nice. Do you do fantasy football? I'm just curious. No, it makes me nervous, dude. <laughs> it makes me, it make, you know what? It makes me care about people that I hate watching play. <laughs> it makes me care about people that I don't like at all. I am not a Tom Brady fan and I don't care who of your audience knows it. And if Tom, Tom, if you're listening, hey man, you don't have to like me as an actor. <laughs> I don't like you playing football, man. I'm telling you right, Tom Brady, this goes out to you. I am I, not your fan. I, I get that right now because <laughs> I'm like, why does I'm like, oh yeah, Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to bring that up, but yeah. Oh, that you know what? That one did not hurt me. I had already friends were texting me that whole game going, "Oh, Falcons going to do it. They're going to do it." And I was like, "They won't." Uh, they've been letting people creep in every game this year. They haven't been beating them, but they've been letting people creep in. I was like, "They're not going to win." So when that happened, did not did not phase me cuz all my friends texting, I was like, I was already going, "They won't win. I'm just happy they are where they are right now." So I was already hating him before that. So don't you worry. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't play fantasy because I was starting to like trying to root for Tom Brady. It's like, what am I doing? This isn't me. <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, who am I? What have I become? You look in the mirror like, what am I doing? Yeah, um, what, who am I? Yeah. 
Uh, one more question about fatherhood. Uh, dad hack. I mean, a lot of things you've been saying too, is just, you know, saying like, you won't say because I said so, and you have these great talks with, with your son. So I think a lot of people can kind of take advice or, you know, a dad hack, but is there a dad hack or piece of advice? Maybe not just for a new dad, but just for all dads and parents listening to this. I don't have any hacks. I will say this. I enjoy I enjoy fatherhood and I know, I know, you know, people would always go, it's going to go so fast. And I knew that going in and I, I could feel it happening, especially like you said, giving, you know, being a dad to an old soul when he would say stuff when he was like seven or eight going, time goes so fast. It's like, dude, you shouldn't be thinking that. Yes. <laughs> Things should be lasting forever for you right now. Yeah. So he was already tuned in on how fast things are going. So I won't say a hack, but for me, it is literally appreciating every minute that I can have, you know? Yeah. And also, you know this, man, just giving them room to be whoever the heck it is they're turning into. Like my son now comes to me with more just talks than he ever did when he was growing up. Like he always, we always talk. But now he comes to me, trusts me enough to come to me with whatever it is, a question about a girl or his worries about school or when COVID hit, you know, that was hard on him. Um, So, you know, he he's he feels free to come to me and talk to me as little as this kid talks. uh, We have real heart to heart talks about stuff. And so just just keeping trying to keep that open line of communication and letting your kid grow. Other than that, I don't have. Wouldn't say I have hacks. Make sure they know how to do laundry. Yes. <laughs> yep. Especially, you know, before they like high school, like middle school, like eighth grade. Like, yeah, get them to do that. Um, but yeah, communication is key. I have two daughters, uh, uh, 15 and going to be 13 next month. But like it, you want to listen, you know, the, I, and I've been saying this re- more frequently in my podcast with my guests, like you have two ears and one mouth for a reason, listen more, talk less. Right. So just doing like doing that, like I, I like communication is so key. So thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of your work, actor, Thanks, writer, man. voice actor and producer. Do you, do you prefer one over the other or like, do you like them all for different reasons? Uh, I, I, Good question. I, I think it depends, like my greatest, funnest stuff to do, which I can do in almost all of those fields is improv, uh, like made up on the spot kind of stuff. So I love, like, if you said to me tomorrow, you got to choose one thing to do for the rest of your life as a career. And only one of those, it might be doing improv comedy and improv singing. Um, but as far as the other stuff, dude, I love, I love doing animation. Over here to my, I don't know, maybe I can switch cameras. Let me see if I can. Um, yeah, you can kind of see it inside my booth if I just switch cameras. I have a voiceover booth over nice. right beside me. Yeah. I don't leave home to do any of my voiceover jobs. Now I can do them all straight from my booth. That's awesome. Uh, so I love doing animation. And I've always loved cartoons from a kid. I watched cartoons all the time as a kid. So definitely I love that. And, but then movies on camera stuff is fantastic. Writing is the hardest for me. I have a really good writing partner, but I don't have a lot of that kind of patience to just sit down by myself. I'm very social. I grew up in a big family, so I need a writing partner. 
I need a producing partner because if I'm just left to my own self, I'm going to go start 10 other projects before <laughs> I get that one done. Nice. Just quickly with, you know, voice acting, you say you do your stuff there. Yeah. For the pandemic, like I knew that I always loved, like, I, I think voice acting is amazing to me. Like I just had a bunch of people, you know, even as you can tell, I'm a Star Wars geek, but like having Mark Hamill voice the Joker and all that other stuff. Like, Mark's great. Just, I love what you guys do in that field. And I just think it's amazing yeah. that you guys can use your voice and of course it's animation, but it's also like you're putting so much into that voice that, you know, you're using almost what you have to do for live acting and all these other things. Yeah, it's, it, it's acting. It is like, that's the biggest key. Uh, may I tell you a quick Mark Hamill, sure, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. maybe a couple, but uh, when I first moved to LA, uh, this is also a lesson just for people. I, I had before I moved from Atlanta. I had just gotten a new voiceover demo made. Moved to LA. Uh, a friend of mine tries to get me to their agency, take my demo over there. They listen. They go, "No, nah, this won't work for this market. Um, you'll, you'll need a new voiceover demo, and we really don't need uh, you as a client." But thank you for coming in. Oh, great. So one night I'm on stage doing improv comedy. A lady sees me approaches me after and go, do you have a voiceover demo? I was like, yeah, but apparently it's old. I need a new, it's not old, but it won't work for the LA market. She says, no, I'll take it to my agent. She takes it to her agent. It was ICM. They call me in the next uh, Monday. They listen to the demo. They go, we'd like to represent you. Great. And I was like, I'll get myself a new demo. They were like, no, this is great. You don't need a new demo. What are you talking about? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so lesson one in Hollywood don't believe what people say good fine so i become friends with this dude at icm sitting in the lobby every day we'd be talking and joking around ha 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 laugh 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 and then one day he goes hey gary i wrote this little movie and i'd like you to be a part of it you want to be in it and i was like yeah he's like okay we're going to shoot this weekend it's like cool he's like here's the script and he gives me the script and the writer's name is on it and the writer is mark hamill and I had been for the last six months friends with Mark Hamill, having no idea that it was Mark. Like it was just Mark. I know this guy, Mark. <laughs> like, and we had become buddies enough that he's like, hey, come be in my movie. Yeah. And then I was like, I look at it and I goes, dude, I had no idea you're you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. But the kindest, <laughs> nicest dude, and he would go, hey, if you have anything you want, sign for your family or whatever just bring it by the office and i'll put a signature on there for them like just the kindest most talented human being around dude and i had no idea i had no idea who he was no doubt until we were already friends which made it even even better I, I love that. I got to, I was fortunate to interview him twice. One for like, I think he was doing a movie with like Sushi Girl. And then the other one was uh, obviously where uh, he had that pop culture show that was run by like San Diego Comic-Con. So it was great. Like, yeah, he, that, I love that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. And talented, like talented, talented voiceover actor for people in your audience who don't know that. Like the dude is like a really good voiceover actress. Not just because he's Mark Hamill that they're hiring him. Like yeah. he is ridiculously talented voiceover actor all right you also mentioned improv i gotta yeah. say like whose line is it anyway man like <laughs> love seeing that there. like talk about like i think you kind of did in the sense too of just like you know how you'd love to do that but like it's improv and so you gotta you know you gotta work with the people you're working with and i get it yes and is like you know all that good stuff but like how do you do you, do you sometimes prep scenarios in your mind when you're no. like no 
If the no, second you do that, that, you're screwed. <laughs> and and for me, like people do improv music different ways. Some people think ahead when they hear the subject and they start thinking and writing rhymes and I refuse. I was like, when it's my turn to open my mouth, I'm gonna open my mouth and the good stuff's gonna come out of there. I'm not thinking ahead on anything. Nice. Uh, lately, I've been doing these, um, this tour. They uh, Parts of Who's Line have been touring for about 20 years now. It's called Who's Live anyway, if they're ever coming to your area. Uh, and last year I toured, I don't know, about 40, 50, 60 days with them or something. It was fantastic. It's a different city every night. Uh, and it is just the best time in the world. Uh, because improv guys, even more than stand-up guys, improv guys just tend to be nice people. I don't know what it is. But people in improv, and I'm not just saying guys, guys and ladies, just tend to be like super nice, supportive human beings. So it's a good family to be in, in the improv. <laughs> and, yeah. and let me ask you this. So like you're going to different, you know, places and venues. Do you got? is it like almost like, all right, if we're going to like, again, I know you said you don't want to prep, but is it good to kind of know certain things about that city or a town? Oh, yeah. Like, all right. I so love, I love just, you know, like. We'll ask the audience like questions anyways, like, hey, what what's crazy around here, you know, or where do people go drink? But I love just sneaking in some local thing if I can just throw in a local because every little community has some weird place or weird restaurant or bar or just human being, some weirdo hanging around town yeah. uh, that everybody loves. So definitely it's always good to just kind of pepper them with a little fun stuff. Nice. But I'm never going to definitely not. Oh man, if I get this conversation, I'm going to bring up blank. Yeah. It's just like, I just have a list of, oh, okay. I remember driving by this weird street. A lot of times when I, I said, we'll get to a community and then I'll walk around for an hour. Or so I love to walk and then, you know, just go, go to different restaurants or whatever, just to see what, what city I'm in. Cause it's a great way to just see cities. Mm -hmm. So I'm always just kind of cataloging, stupid stuff I see anyways. It's gonna it's gonna end up getting spit out on stage whether I want to or not. Gotcha. And this might be a really tough question because you've done so many great things and um obviously people love your work. But for you personally, is there something that like a role or a project or a script or something where it meant to a lot to you when you got it because where you were in your career, maybe you know, there were certain things in your mind like should I skill going down this angle or this avenue, or whatever. But like, do you have one role that meant a lot just because where you were in your career? I, I not so much that because I also don't um I, I don't remember ever going, I want to blank by next blank. Okay. I want to be in this thing by next thing. I never I came into acting in such a backdoor way, like literally by a computer error in high school, put me in an acting class. And so I've never had that thing of, oh man, if I could only blah, blah. I am literally still after doing it so long, I'm still in the, I enjoy the ride phase. Yeah. Uh, when I've been series regulars on TV shows, been absolutely fantastic. Gave me time to spend with my son. Voiceover gives me time. Like I could, when he was home, I would go, nope, don't book me anything between this hour and this hour because that's when I either pick my son up or take him home or make sure I have dinner with him. Yeah. Like I could always work that stuff out. Um, 
but as far as something coming along at a, a time, I, I wouldn't say that. I I would say the first major job I had in LA was, or two of them, was Boston, not Boston Legal Lab, um, with uh, Brian Cranston, sorry, a Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Uh, and it, it came along in a, went to an audition for a bathroom attendant when the show first came out. Nobody had seen the show yet because it hadn't aired and we were all reading the scripts going, is this a comedy? I can't tell because it wasn't written like a typical comedy. And I didn't get the role of the bathroom attendant. And then they called me back and said, hey, look, you didn't get that role, but there's a kid on the show named Stevie and we're looking for a dad for that kid. So we think we are going to bring you back in to audition for that. So even though I didn't get that one role that at first that was like the best thing because then I became, a, you know, recurring on the show. Yeah. So I, it's never been like, oh man, I'm out of this business because I always go, if I get tired of it, I just walk away. Like, I'm not going to feel any shame or, um, so I will say one of the most meaningful times in my life that I did have a role kind of like that was I booked a, sh- a, a role down in Atlanta for a show called Blue Collar TV with Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy. And I was the black guy on there. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and my son was young, so I took him with me. I would take him with me. Before he got into school, I would take him wherever I went. And he got to spend a lot of time with my family in Georgia because of that with his cousins and his grandmother and granddad. And uh, little did I know, like right when I was down there, that was the last summer that my dad was gonna be alive. Mm. So my son got to spend all of that time with him right before he went, time that normally there's no way he would have ever, I wouldn't have had time to be in Georgia taking you know my son to see his grandparents and grandmother. But mm. because of that show, Blue Collar TV, he was, we were there. He got to visit every single week because we were down in Georgia every week. So we got to go hang out with my dad and just go watch television with him or, you know, my dad playing little games with him. So that was that was special. That's the most special in that sense. That actually. Yeah. Because yeah. that's another thing about fatherhood or just parenthood, too. It's like we can teach you stuff, but, you're, you know, the grandparents are also another way to show legacy and history and where where, you know, family comes from. Right. So, yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. That that's great. Um, yeah, that was that was fantastic. Just, one of the questions I kind of want to ask too, because you were sharing that great Mark Hamill story, just about voice acting. Just before, yeah. like before the pandemic, people used to get together and record and like kind of build off each other, almost like kind of like improv, right? Obviously, yeah. I'm not saying you're on a freestyle, uh, a voice acting gig, and all that other stuff. But do you kind of miss like the ensemble, or is it? I, I will I mean, say it's easier just to get up and go in, in your room, right? Right. I, I will say that right before the pandemic. Already, okay, so I was on the show called The Boondocks, mm. and we all recorded together. But then as people got busier and busier, that became rare. Maybe now and then you could get me and Regina King and together, or me and John Witherspoon, or, you know, maybe now and then you could get a couple people in together, but it became rare already. So yeah. even then, most of the time you were recording either by yourself or with one other person. Gotcha. So it was already kind of changing. Um, just because of people's schedules. I got to say, I always thought I would miss it completely, but to be the freedom of 
going from one job, taking a walk around my block just to stretch my legs, and then getting to go back into the booth and go have fun again without getting in my car and driving around. Um, especially in LA, right? <laughs> especially. I love it. And for people who don't know, um, a lot of times they will do group stuff still like over Zoom. One of the shows I do, like all the voice actors are on Zoom and we still do it all together. Nice. But for the most part, awesome. yeah. Yeah. So you still get that play. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's solo. And as social a person as I am, I all I really would imagine hating it and I can't imagine, I have zero desire to go back to the old way. It's so <laughs> fun to be able to go in my booth, do my thing, step out, have a sip of spicy tea. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that. Obviously, I uh, love your take on fatherhood. We're going to finish off with the father quick five. Yes. Uh, favorite family movie. Do you guys have one? Wow. Oh, let me think what we watched together. Cause I don't, I'm, I'm a kind of person who I rarely repeat watching a movie. Okay. Here's what I do want to watch with him to see how horrible he thinks it is. Um, and, and by the way, I remember the first movie I took him to, it was a curious George movie. Okay. Because we used to read uh, the curious George books and one was curious George goes to the movies and we, I take him to, the Curious George movie, and he's sitting in the theater and he's looking around like, oh, I'm in the movie theater, just like in the movie. Like, I remember that feeling and he was so tiny that his butt couldn't keep the seat down. So the whole movie, I had to hold the seat down for him or else it was going to flip up on him. That was before uh, now you have those those like booster seats that you can. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. We didn't have that then. I these kids lucky that they get boosted in the movie theaters. They lucky. They real lucky. Uh, I will say that I do want to watch the Sharknado series with him because nice. for some reason I love every one of those. And his analytical mind, I can't wait to hear him just tear them down as we're watching each one. So <laughs> that's what I want to watch with him. Is there a band or genre of music you couldn't wait to share uh, with him? He, I, I played everything for him when he was younger. Uh, and now at one point he goes, I don't really like music. It's like, okay. And then I walk in the living room one day and I hear music blaring from his computer. I was like, oh, okay. I thought you didn't like music. He goes, oh, well, I wrote this. And he was, he was probably nine. And he had been, he had been, <laughs> he had been, making his own music. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I made it. I've written a couple of songs. <laughs> like what on the wow. computer? Yeah. <laughs> so now, uh, last time I, I visited him in college, he was asking me about these, this, these rappers that I had never heard of. Cause I like, I like, well, I like everything. But I love hip hop. And they were like some rappers from a while ago that had died. And so he started playing me some of these people that I never heard that were fantastic. So yeah. I guess as far as bonding music, we bonded more over the new rap stuff that he showed me. But right. mostly he plays podcasts for me. Like um, okay, uh, when we ride along on car trips together, yeah. we listen to a lot of his podcasts that he likes to listen to. That's again taking interest in what they are. I love that. That's yeah. fantastic. Speaking of hip hop in Atlanta, man, I loved, I love Outcast. I think their favorite out, al- my favorite album of theirs is AT Aliens. I just love that album from start to finish, man. Dude, I remember when their first album dropped, like 
that was it. I still, still. Yeah. Yeah. So love those dudes. Love yeah. Outkast. Um, describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be with him? Wow. I don't, he's changing so much. It's got to be somewhere that we've never seen. We've been to Iceland together. Oh, cool. That was, that was amazing. Wow. He's not much of a beach guy. Same. And I like the beach. I like the beach. I like going to the ocean. Dude, I got to think about that. Because Iceland was terrific. Like we did crawled underneath the volcanic caves and that's cool. went dog sled riding. The night sky must have been awesome, right? Well, there was no night when we were there. It was day oh, okay. all the time. So it was like beautiful picture at 3 a.m. was like golden hour, like beautiful photos you could take at that time. Nice. Um, I would like actually to take him back over there during the Aurora Borealis would be fantastic. I tried to get him to go to space at one point. I was like, I'm going to save all this money so we can take a trip to space. He's like, well, you can go to space. I won't be gone. <laughs> okay. And then the next next year, he's like, Dad, I built a rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still like, and you can take it. I won't be gone. <laughs> You're going to be my test pilot. It works. It also has my music in there as well for your journey. So enjoy. Oh, you know what? No, I do want to take, sorry. I do want to take him. I went to South Africa once. Okay. And uh, he could not go. I would love to take him to South Africa, actually. Nice. That was an amazing. Pl- I don't know if you know this about Africa, but they invented people over there. So that was <laughs> that was no matter how you look at it. If you look yep. at it the Adam and Eve way, they still invented people over there. Yep. If you look at it um, that humans have evolved, they still they invented human. If I were Africa, I would have a big T-shirt saying we invented people. Um, no doubt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so true. I would love to take him take him there because that was eye-opening and amazing that's great awesome thanks for sharing that besides your regular instagram and social media accounts you also have a great instagram account called day drinking with gary and elliot yeah your go-to cocktail is i like a couple i like a couple of them like first of all i am a bourbon guy so just a straight bourbon on the rocks i absolutely love i don't like anything too sweet ever I do like a good natural margarita in the summertime, like real stuff, not made with a mix, just with lime, the real, real deal. Yep. I love that. So let's see. Give me a bourbon just for relaxation. Summertime, give me a margarita. And when I'm being real fancy with white people, uh, <laughs> get, me a, get me a gin martini, uh, probably monkey 47 gin. I love it. Yeah. Another Instagram account, fans getting fancy with white people. (laughs) (laughs) I did at one point, and I guess I'm never going to rewrite it now. I did at one point want to write a book called What I've Learned from Drinking with White Women because I learned so much. Yeah. When you're just their black friend and they don't think you're trying to get in their pants, then you can learn so much from drinking with a white woman. I'll talk to you later, Art. It's like the more you know, scroll just ba, like, ba, da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, it check please, and the star comes out. Uh, yeah. Um, love it. Um, and lastly, top three words you hope your son would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? Loving, trustworthy, and hyphenated. 
always there. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hyphenate that word. I don't know if I can call Webster. I don't know if Webster's still no, around. It, in our in this podcast, that that totally flies. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And may I ask, what are yours? Mine would be uh, listening, loving, and funny. Because I think I and you know this probably too. Like, if you can kind of show your kids to have a good sense of humor, I think they can get by in life. Just because yep. there's certain things that yeah, there's going to be tragedy. There's going to be other things, but. If you're having something that happens to yourself, whether it's like you keep on getting hung up by customer service and you're going to freak out or you can just laugh at yourself being like, what am I doing? Yep. The sense of humor, I think, can can kind of take you a long way. I want that like book, like I want them to be have, you know, book smarts and all that. But street smarts, like you need that combination. You need to walk that fine yeah. line, right? <laughs> yeah. And my kid's sense of humor is nothing like my sense of humor. He is brilliantly funny, dry like by four, it's, he's like a snake. Like, oh, he's already bit me with the comedy. I didn't even know it was coming. He's like that. He's like so dry, so dry with his comedy. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Love it. He can get away with stuff I could never get get away with. with his <laughs> straight up dead face comedic take on life. Nice. People, make sure you follow Gary on Twitter, Gary A. Williams, and also Instagram at Gary Anthony Williams, and go to his website, Gary A. Williams com for more on him gary like i said big fan of your work even more of a fan of yours right now especially just on your thoughts on fatherhood i wish you and your son continued success but again thank you for taking the time to chat with me thanks art oh by the way also tiktok if you want to see some i do a lot of uncle ruckus from the boondock stuff on tiktok nice. and that's uh the gary anthony williams on tiktok awesome thanks art man really appreciate talking to you today buddy same here sir I want to thank Kinzu for sponsoring this week's Art of Fatherhood podcast. For those who have checked out my articles or podcasts, you know that I am a fan of technology, but I also want kids to be safe while using that. Kinzu is a big part of creating that safety while parents and kids can enjoy the internet. Make sure you go to kinzu.com or download the Kinzu app on your device. And again, thanks for checking out the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net to check out the latest articles, podcasts, giveaways, reviews, all that good stuff. And again, I appreciate your support and help. I'm looking to support fatherhood, support parenting, support families all over the world by having positive examples through my podcast and website. And I really appreciate your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.